0: You're listening to The Creatively Connected Classroom, Episode 19.
1: Welcome to The Creatively Connected Podcast from Education Closet, connecting teachers and ideas one glue stick at a time. Here's your hosts and K-12 Art Chat founders, Matt and Laura Grundler.
2: everybody hey this is matt and laura and uh welcome to the creatively connected classroom and today we have <laughs> today we have our I'm throwing things it's, yeah, a, it's our on... first
3: podcast recording of 2019 and i'm
2: throwing things behind. we have an awesome guest with us today uh by the name of carl hooker um we've known him and had the pleasure of knowing him for a good couple of years now just can't wait to find out more and uh talk to you today, so, so yeah
3: the, like we're thrilled to have you because we feel like you're you know you're before we were actually recording you were talking about you know our little tagline is one glue stick connecting everyone that kind of thing like but i feel like you're the glue oh, <laughs> uh,
1: it, it's true i am a little i am a little sticky that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> i've been told that many a time um i've got a, <laughs> see what I did yeah
3: um. <laughs> we feel like, but seriously, like if you've listened to the podcast over really from the beginning to with starting with Tech Rabbi and a lot of the connections we made, and a personal friend of ours, Chris Parker, who you're connected to, all of these you know it's that six degrees of separation and and we just felt like we had to have you on the podcast because you really have connected so many different people together and you have so many great ideas. And we just want to hear more about that. So I don't know if Matt and I have even heard your backstory, but we'd like to hear a little bit about your backstory.
1: Well, a couple of things. First of all, yeah, Chris Parker, you mentioned him. So you know, he and I taught first grade together 16 years ago, I think. And this, uh, we shared a bathroom together. Actually, our classrooms did connected. We were the only two male teachers in that room. And we actually ended up moving in with me for a little while. <laughs> um, and he introduced me to y'all. So he said, You got to meet these, these crazy art teachers, the Grundlers, and uh, you got to get them to come up to, to iPad Palooza. And I'll talk a little bit about that too. But um, so I, I, I thank Chris for that. And he's still out there, you know, kicking butt and taking names with art over yes. there. Yes, he yes. so, um, He's amazing.
3: We will definitely have to have him on too.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, me, I started out as uh, I went to school to be an engineer, um, decided that was a totally wrong field for me. So I switched to the most opposite thing I could think of, which was drama believe it or not, and I have a face for radio, so that didn't really work out either. But uh, I, the drama part does play because I'm able to uh-huh. use it on the stage and am oh, you know, doing totally. trainings and PD for staff, um, but I switched to elementary education, was a fifth grade teacher, first grade teacher for a long time, and, and then became like kind of a computer lab teacher for a little bit uh, in, a low, in a low economic part of town here in Austin, and then moved around and got to uh, Eanes IC where I'm at now, Eanes Westlake, that was in 2006 been there ever since, kind of moved my way up to the tech department. Now I'm in this position now, director of uh, innovation and digital learning, which is kind of like an instructional tech director. But the true story there is I did change my, uh, I changed my title on an email signature and made business cards for myself without any permission. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, sometimes it's better to ask for, you know, forgiveness. Yeah. For uh, permission. So, uh, that, that worked about three months. And then I got called into superintendent's <laughs> office and she said, you know, what. What's this title change about this takes a board action. I was like, Oh, I was just, I didn't want the word technology in my title anymore, so I changed it and they ended up keeping it. And they changed a few other titles around it. Yeah, we need to update some stuff, so it worked out well. And I've got a great team at EANS where um, Lisa Johnson, tech chef for you, you guys probably know, um, Jennifer Flood, to EDU. There's who else, uh, my gosh, Chris Hanson. I mean, there's a lot that my team is an all star cast, and I've been recruiting them. I had Tim Yenka for the longest time. Now, Kathy Yenka, who is his wife, is Matthew Kathy. You guys know on Twitter oh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, she works at one of the middle schools with us. So we have a we have a dream team, a lot of ADEs, a lot of actual distinguished educators. I think five of us now, including Laura Wright, our teacher at um, Eames Elementary, where my kids go to school. So nice. bring it all full circle. Speaking of the glue, it's, it's all about those guys at the end. And so for me, everything I've done in this job uh, is it directly impacts my own kiddo. So because I know that whatever I do, that whatever decisions we make up top, it's going to affect them in the classroom. So I have a K, a first and a fourth grade girl, all girl, all with the last name. Of her.
3: So,
1: uh, oh, pray <laughs> for them. Yeah. Well, that brings us back. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's, been, so sweet, it's been a but, while there. Yes,
3: I mean, I know for Matt and I, our kids, we have three as well, that we're always thinking about how everything we do affects them. In the long term, in the big picture, so what decisions have you made in your position that you really feel like have directly impacted your three?
1: I think. Well, we've so we've been one to one iPad since 2011, uh, so one of the longest K twelve programs out there with iPads, and I I know that the Chromebooks kind of came and hit huge in 2014, 15. Now they're I think 70 percent market share, and we just did a re up recently. Um, we've done done it twice now where we had it. We reevaluated: is this where we want to go? And I think we looked at Chromebooks again, but back to kind of thinking about creativity and the angle of the district in terms of creativity and innovation, we really want that iPad to be the basis device. And so, you know, the decision was made. And luckily, Apple really, well, thank you, Google, but Apple's dropped the price quite a bit on their iPad. Yeah. Um, So the new one, the the pen-enabled one, which I love. In fact, I got one for each of my kids for Christmas, or I should say Santa did. I got each of them the uh the iPad pen enabled iPad it was like it was only two hundred and fifty bucks at Target. And uh, my my oldest who's really into art right now, so I got her I didn't get her the pencil, I did the Logitech because I want to try that out. Um, I'm
3: very so, curious so, about
1: that. Yeah, so part of it is uh doing things for them at the school level, but also I use them to kind of experiment on well, let's see how this works with kids. They're the yeah. They they are the yeah.
2: <laughs> we might absolutely. have some experience we with that. Are that
1: <laughs> Several. Well, I mean, we, it's hard not to take the work home, right? Um, so, yeah, that's, I think, most of the decisions we make. And, and I, I substitute teach every year in my daughter's classes just to, um, well, two reasons. One is I feel like administrators need to get out of, the, out of their offices and get into classrooms more to see what changes, what things they're doing and how they're affecting the classroom. But also, I get, I get to teach again, which I love. I teach little kids. So I sub for my uh, teachers and let them take, a, take the day off or half day off um, during teacher appreciation week. Um, it's just like a thank you for them. Cause time is a big thing at that part of the year in May. Um, and I love it so this year. It'll be my first year doing three. That'll be interesting. I'll kinder one day and then first and then fourth, but, um, it's fun. Uh, so I like to see that now when they get to middle school, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, middle school is a weird world, man. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So yeah, I think a lot of things we're doing, we're trying to think future ready for them. I mean, and that's getting them prepped for middle school. How old are y'all's kids? Uh, we have 12, eight and six six. so first grade grade we just entered the middle school
2: world our our oldest just started um sixth grade and actually i moved to middle school this year so um i'm teaching middle school as
1: well
3: yeah daddy moved with our oldest Mm -hmm. and it's been a really good transition for both
1: i will say tears for dad probably but
3: yeah (laughs) yeah, a little bit Yeah, The girls actually were more sad that daddy's not at their school anymore. Yeah.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. Last yeah. year was the last year that I had all three of my kids together. And so we, you know, went to school together, came home together. And so, but at least we get to end the day where I, I'm actually split between two middle schools. And so where I end my day is where um nearby the girls elementary school and my son's middle school. So we just kind of
1: all end up there and we're home in five minutes, which is nice. I love that. That's yeah. an awesome, I mean, you can't trade that in for anything. we I mean have that time in their lives where you're actually both at home, but also teaching them. Mm-hmm. They're letting other people kind of teach them too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've been with my kids for, uh, I guess, the last 16 days now straight. And so I'm like ready for school. Pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Now I know what those parents are like, here, you have them. Good luck. Yeah. 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 I love you, but only for a little while. No, uh,
2: I can only handle um, so many hours in a day.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um been pretty neat. And we're doing a film festival, too. And that was another thing I, I was going to bring up at some point that I didn't get to bring up during the chat. Because um, thank you all for letting me host that, that chat last month, too. But we're doing a, we do a film festival. This one's only EANS this year, but we've opened it up in the past, the previous year. So full-on national film festivals, mostly with mobile devices. That's kind of our encouragement. You get bonus points if you do the whole thing on a mobile device. Um, make your original soundtrack. So I was really working, hoping my kids, when they got those, their new iPads, it's like, okay, let's start thinking about concepts. Because each one of them can submit a film this year. Uh, and they, there's a couple of them are interested. One of them I'm kind of pushing a little bit into it, but we'll see how that goes. Cause we have until spring break to get that done. But, uh, another, again, another great way. I mean, it's the camera. I mean, what a basic tool and app, right. But use yeah. it in art all the time. I mean, just oh, yeah. the screencast to find things even, I mean, that's, that's just a big part of that. Uh, that I
2: absolutely creative experience. loved that new feature of screencasting. Um, yeah. I've, I've done quite a few, uh, teaching demos that I recorded of drawing you know teachers will be like well how do you do you know how do you use this app or how do you use that app and so I'll I'll record like a little demo of how to use it and then and then send it to them and they're like oh my gosh it makes so much sense and so. for our teachers our teachers the, the ones that have
3: really embraced it and figured it out they can do screencasts of how to draw something and mm-hmm. give kids basic ideas and then that gives that child instead of seeing it once with the teacher the stage on the stage where they're just doing it one time for them they can go back in the google classroom and rewatch it and rewatch it and, and yeah. say, oh okay i understand what a contour line really is <laughs> but i guess going back to your chat you know the fear of technology yeah, yeah. um i as a as a coordinator in a similar I'm, i work with art teachers not technology but i'm you know i'm pretty tech forward and i'm trying to get them to embrace the tech as a tool to make their lives easier But I still see a lot of resistance. What are your feelings on that? And how do you help people pass that?
1: So resistance from the teachers or from the community?
3: Teachers, uh, not community. I think in art especially, I think that there's this fear of letting go of analog, that if we embrace tech too much, that we're not taking our traditional art forms forward. So it might be a little bit different in the art world than maybe other subject areas, but I I do feel like they just, or it's it's a resistance, I just don't have time to learn something new.
1: Right. We've used, uh, again, the camera being the ultimate tool for us, but, you know, started with that uh, a few years ago. I had an art teacher, Jesse Henson, who introduced us to Artsonia, and really just started using that as kind of a portfolio to keep our keep just capturing kids work. They, they bring in their iPads, not every day, but, you know, when they would have their art rotations, they would come in and capture some work on Artsonia. My daughter was just, actually this morning was showing me a book that she uh, something she had drawn uh, and captured uh, just on paper pencil, the traditional paper pencil, colored pencils. Mm-hmm. Uh, in art class, and then captured it, put it in Artsonia. My grand, my mother had actually bought it as a notebook for it. So it's her drawing book now. Because in Artsonia, that's how they make money, of course, right? Right. It's really been, yeah. you know, sh- so I mean, even just that as a substitutive tool, in some ways, is a great way to do it. The other things I've seen that are starting to kind of make uh, headway is, well, I was just in a class right before the break um, where a teacher said, "Okay, bring in your iPads." And they were doing, this is second grade, but they were doing a class on, they were learning about, like, birds. I think there was something they were doing in science also during their second grade classroom. So the art teacher kind of connected with the second grade teachers. And so they were going to have them kind of diagram and draw. And so he showed them just kind of paper and pencil how to do it uh, on a big screen and, and had them take their iPads out and just use it as a research tool. and say, All right, go to you know, a kid-friendly website like PebbleGo, uh, look up different images of birds, and I want you to find the one that you're studying on. And I want you to recreate it, paper, pencil. So kind of, again, the tools and assist. It's not going to take over the world. We're going to do everything. And, and nor do I think they should use it every single day in our class. I just think uh, it does have some little things like that. It kind of breaks it in. Because we're not going to get to, like, the Laura, Laura Wright who we talked about before we came on, who's uh, an ADE at Eanes uh, Elementary, and she's amazing. But uh, she, one of the things she does, she's really pushing the envelope. I mean, she's using Spiros. Um, I don't know if you all were at the iPad Palooza where she did that, but she put out a big canvas essentially, and had different people come and drive through her. She dipped them in paint. Mm, and they nice. had a mural. It's just gorgeous. And so she has all of her classes do that. And I think, and she's also pushing the boundary with AR a little bit. She's starting to get more into augmented mm-hmm. and virtual realities. Um, so many cool things in there. Yeah, I just got a, one of my Christmas toys I told you I'd talk about was an Oculus Go, which is that thing. I mean, for a couple hundred bucks, it's all in one. It has the computer in it. I, just in the first, like, couple, I've only had it for about a week or so. And just watching the kids interact with it a little bit. It's amazing to think, because they have that tilt brush in there where you can actually paint Mm -hmm. them in 3D. It's amazing to think where that's going to go, not just for art, but just in technology in general. So that's another, I'll probably test it out on them a little bit. Uh, (laughs) But for a couple hundred bucks now, it's pretty cheap. You can have total virtual world at your fingertips and you look like you're in a 97-story building about to fall off a cliff. You know, there's some that are pretty scary, but I think that's going to be an interesting thing for the future. So for the art guys, again, back to your original question, I think start with those small things, using the camera, capturing, cataloging portfolios. Um, And then, and then using it also for research, using either there be a Chromebook or an iPad or something that I can gather research, throw up an image and then kind of try to do some freehand of it. Awesome.
3: I really, uh, I have a former student who's working on some grad work and he did a VR gallery where you could walk through the gallery of his students' work. And I, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think that there's going to be so many applications for VR and AR
1: and I just think it's all. Have you seen the AR, uh, AR Maker app? A-R-M-A-K-R? <laughs> I think I, I, think I, I put it in the it. chat. Yeah, and it was um, ah, the guy's name. He's in Australia. But he showed it to me originally. He was using Keynote um, on an iPad, and you know, basically taking, uh, making. you know, you can make your own icons in Keynote. You can draw your own or create your own. And then he, he saved, he had no backgrounds on them, and he saved them as uh, PNG files, essentially. So on iPad, you can do the dual screen and kind of drag them into your camera roll. And once they're in the camera roll, and they're images that so they have no background. And then he pulled up AR Maker and they just like, he photographed like a table or whatever. He held it up and you could place the objects on this grid and they say, look around with your iPad, walk around the objects in the 3D view. It was pretty neat um, just cool. to see that. So you could probably do almost a similar thing, even with a drawing that you did on paper, take out the background with Insta Alpha and then make it a PNG and drop it into AR space somehow. And again, you guys are the art minds. You would know better than me, but. I feel like that—that's another level of yeah. engagement. It's not just tech for tech's sake, but it's pretty highly engaging too to get them kind of interested. Like, what does it look like from a different perspective? Which is a big thing in art, right? Perspective. Absolutely. Perspective.
2: Yeah. Placement of the object is huge. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess kind of thinking about that. I mean, I, you know, we we've talked about just in just in the art room. You know, how do you, I mean? What's your take on you know having tech? because you just said tech for tech sake, you know, are, are you, how do you have that in, you know, in, in creative classrooms? How do you, I'm not sure if I'm wording this right. But,
3: I, think, I think what you're saying is I, don't know if uh, I can interpret is maybe <laughs> for each other in, in a, in a creative classroom. What are, what are the ways of not just having tech for tech sake, but really, and, and thinking beyond art, but thinking, you know, having creativity in all classrooms, sure things you really must have to make that happen in a really meaningful
1: way. I think it's a balance. I mean, I don't, I I think there's this kind of this line, this continuum of creativity and consumption with technology. And I think when we first introduced most devices, iPads, of course, because they they were seen as consumptive devices, Mm -hmm. I think that's a fun thing that everyone goes to. And so for us in our school, and this is hard because there's a sweet spot in there, but for us, we really talk to teachers a lot about having that sweet spot of not just saying, okay, go sit over there on that device. And do your math problems repetitively on an app, which is good for some extension, um, but not like as just a teaching tool in general. And then also take it, now go over here and make an iBook, use Book Creator to create a story around you know the Revo- the American Revolution, and you're gonna make your own graphic novel. You know, so it's really that blend of you know, there are some little quick things you can do, and those are gonna be kind of your consumptive items, you know, the little consumptive apps. But then the longer project, you'll really use the creative side of it. So we we really preach the, what we call the Evergreen app. I think I stole that from Rashawn Richards or somebody, I don't know who, but, um, you know, and his app is one of them, Explain Everything, which is Rashawn's app. That's one, Book Creator. Um, Bold is something we use for digital portfolios that's kind of on all our devices now. Um, Google Drive, of course, Google Docs and all those. So really just sticking with kind of a core of about 8 to 10 of those, like, they can be used for anything, any subject area, and really just promoting those heavily and showing them how they're used. Nearpod is kind of a blend of all. We've used that as kind of our... That's also been a little bit of our kind of a carrot for some teachers that are struggling. It's like say, Hey, here's this one thing that can give you some level of control, but we want to really want to push that more on the students as much as we can. So don't overdo it. Um, which someone you know, you can do that. We were we had Kahoot a couple of years ago where every kid was like sick of Kahoot. literally. I mean they're throwing <laughs> that song again. Yeah, um, that so song. don't overdo it, right? It's all a it's all a balancing act. So I guess I wrote about this, I wrote some books uh, a few years a couple of years ago, a mobile learning mindset and in those books I talk about that continuum of looking at, you know, are they, are, is, is everything you're doing creative or is everything you're doing consumptively and you can't do, you can't do everything creatively all the time, but you can also don't want to just be consuming stuff all the time and, and balance in there. So that's a long way to give you a vague answer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Harder. No, that's so <laughs> no, that's, no.
0: Hey there friend. It's Susan from education closet. I hope you're finding Carl's interview as inspiring as I am. If you're digging his ideas for integrating technology and creativity and want to learn how to do that in your classroom, definitely check out our online course, Design to STEAM. It's packed with lessons, templates, and resources you can use to bring STEAM to life for your students. Plus, you'll get 10 PD hours and lifetime access. Just visit educationcloset.com forward slash courses and select Design to Steam for all the details. Now, let's get back to the conversation.
2: So, you know, you had mentioned iPad Palooza. Can you kind of yeah. walk us through the evolution, the evolution of that? Because it, it really was.
1: Yeah. So. So we have about three hours? No, no. I'll do this in, <laughs> um, do this in five minutes. <laughs> I mean,
3: it's it's probably, it sounds like, I mean, I'm hoping that there's there's new things on the horizon yeah,
1: as well. Absolutely. So, I mean, whenever you name something around it, we'll have a device name in it. You know, it's going to be, there's going to be some problems there. So <laughs> iPad Palooza was fun. Uh, and the idea was a learning festival more than it was just about iPads. But, you know, it bl- it kind of turned into it. Well, it says iPad in the title, so that's what it must be about. Um, no, it was really more about again learning with technology. So it started out in two thousand twelve. It's just a, a thing we we're gonna do in-house, but some people around us, districts around central Texas, said, Hey, can we come to? And I was like, Yeah, sure, you know, pay twenty-five bucks and we'll give you some barbecue and a t-shirt. So we lost money that year. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, L forward. Uh, the next year we actually I lied to Sir Ken Robinson's people and told them that it was a global event with thousand with a thousand people from around the world and it wasn't. And he so he agreed to come and be a keynote. And then guess what? So did a thousand people from around the world because Ken Robinson. So I didn't really lie. I just kind of predict, predicted the future. And so he got there and then we awesome. started bringing in other keynotes over the years. Um, Kevin Honeycutt, we had uh, the, the music guy, Eric uh, Eric Whitaker. Eric, fellow, awesome. Yeah, lots of, lots of different people from all over um, who got to Mitra. An opportunity to really meet and have dinner with these people. And, guy and Ka- it was great.
3: Ka- uh, guy, who, guy. guy Kawasaki. Yes, he was amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, He's a funny little backstory about him. Cause I know he, he, he may not ever hear this. So I'll say it He <laughs> said like, okay, you can do, he has one of three keynotes. He's like, I'll do either 10 things. Steve Jobs taught me 10 things, something about innovation and then something, something, something about something else. And I said, all right, give me the 10 things about innovation. That sounds like a good you keynote. So I'm up there on stage setting up his laptop, getting ready. I look at his keynote and it says 10 things Steve Jobs taught me. And I said, wait, I thought I said the uh, 10 things about innovation. He goes, yeah, no, I'm doing that one. I was like, okay, you're doing that one. <laughs> But no, he was awesome. He came for free. I mean, it was Lisa Johnson and Monica Burns and him and had a breakfast together at South by Southwest. And they talked about iPad Blues. And he's like, Oh, right, I got to get to this thing. So we paid for his flight, but he came for free otherwise, um, awesome. which is, which is awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's so it, after 2017, I just, it, I could feel it kind of turning into this, especially the Chromebook market. People were kind of getting feeling really turned off about it. And I thought, I really don't want it to be exclusive in terms of that. So we dropped it out. We got, we killed it. We rebranded it into something called LearnFest, uh, LearnFest ATX, because there is a a LearnFest, it turns out, in the UK that's about nothing about education, but something else. So um, LearnFest ATX, we went beta with it last year, tried out seven different things that have kind of been kicking around in our head, my head a little bit about things I wanted to see at a conference that I've never seen. And um, most of them worked, uh, not all of them. (laughs) It was beta. And that was our theme. In fact, every time something would fall or break, we go, oh, look, beta. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, and so that was actually the one word that we just kind of shared. But it was cool. We had about 200 people. We capped it at 200, tried out some new ideas um, that we're going to reveal this year. So this year we opened it back up. And um, I'll tell you a couple just just to kind of give your listeners a hook here. One of them, I don't know how Are you guys familiar with Silent Disco.
3: Uh -uh. have you ever heard of
1: it no this is awesome so this is again you take things from other parts of life and then you try to apply them to education so uh, i was at a concert here acl fest you know austin city limits festival and i went to this tent and they said oh it's something called silent disco and there's three djs on stage each one was there's a red a green and a blue dj and you put on these headphones and you could switch between the red the blue and the green and your color headphones would change so it was somewhat of a social experience too in terms of You have certain friends that are, they're listening to red and it's 80s and you're listening to like blue hip hop or whatever. (laughs) And I thought, God, this is a great idea. I wonder if we could apply this to education at all. And so we decided uh, last year to try it. And so three different speakers in the same spot, each one of them with a different color. And then you basically walk around and listen to which one you want to listen to. So this year, we're going to try it. Uh, We're not going to do all three. We'll do two, but we're going to do multiple keynotes at the same time on the same stage. Short, like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, The kicker is if you're a speaker, you're looking out into the crowd and you could see whether they're red or green, who's listening to you. And so (laughs) so if you're not engaging, your colors start to disappear and everyone's (sighs) listening to the green person. Um, So we'll see how that goes. We're going to do about, we'll do three of those. And then the idea is afterwards, we'll do like 10 minutes and then everybody stands up for about five minutes and then chats about what do they hear. So if you're listening to the green person, I'm listening to the red. Let's conversate for a minute about what we picked up from those those little topics. Get them collaborating quickly. Um, we'll try that. Uh, we did <laughs> one other thing. We did that. I'll tell you. We did a couple other things, but I won't. I won't share all of them. But one of them was called uh, "What's Hot in Ed Tech," and it's uh, the idea is. And I look like with the sun coming in like this, I look like a deity. This is great. Okay, there we go. Let me <laughs> the, uh, that's better. Um, the the idea is you you have a three minutes to tell a topic or something that's hot in Ed Tech or trending. Um, right before you get up on stage, though, we have a giant wheel that's on the screen. You spin the wheel and you have in front of you a habanero, a jalapeno, a serrano, or a—I uh, think we did poblano. Oh, so you God. eat the pepper and then you have to speak for three minutes while you're chewing on the pepper. I'm down. Uh, you want do to <laughs> sure. do it? You want to do it? I will put you. Do it. I don't to totally do it. Are you serious? All I'm right. So serious. Okay. Right now. Okay, because we seriously, I like, guys like, oh, we'll do it, you know. But I can never get a female. Jennifer Flood last was the only girl that would do it. And she got the habanero. Oh, so right God. now I'm growing, I'm growing ghost peppers in my backyard right now. I <laughs> but, uh, to sign a, seriously, I have to sign a waiver. We had like a trash can off on the stage. Um, we had chocolate milk and like uh, little concoctions ready for like right afterwards. You could, mm-hmm. so I went first and I got the jalapeno, which wasn't too bad. No. Um, but I was still, you know, it, it throws you off when you're on right. stage in front of hundreds of people and you're trying to talk and all of a sudden you start sweating. Chris Miller ate two habaneros right before he was the finalist. And he goes, "I'll take both of them." And he ate them both. And they zoomed up on his face. And he's a big, bald guy with a beard, and he just crying while he's talking. And actually, what he talked about was really good, but it's also like uncomfortable. As an audience member, you're watching that, going, "This is crazy." So uh, we'll bring that back uh, as a as a closer now with Laura Grundler as one of our. First- <laughs> <laughs> so you've got three minutes, Laura. You have to come up with a three minute topic, and- topic. Any pepper. Okay. It is. okay. Three minutes. Sorry. Hope for the poblano because that one's nothing. That's just easy. <laughs> yeah. it's gonna. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited. And then, um, uh, yeah, so that's, oh, <laughs> so that's not Instagram. No, gosh. Uh, so that's the yeah. So there's a couple things. I don't that we know have what do that'll do to our following. <laughs> yeah, never know. You should do a podcast where you guys have to eat. That's your practice podcast. You All right, we're going to eat up. Oh my gosh, that's going to sound great on the, yeah, that'll that's sound awesome. really great on your earbud. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the evolution of that that event. And we're really excited about the So June the 12th and 13th in Austin, we're doing a pre-Palooza event. Again, Pre-Palooza, see, I'm already slipping back into it. A pre-fest event where we get to have some three-hour kind of deeper dives, uh, learn shop sort of thing. Um, around certain topics, but then, um, the main event will be two days, so the 12th and 13th. And it'll be a lot of, a lot of the idea is to have whole group experiences, small group experiences, and then individual experiences. So there'll be some, there'll be some amazing race things happening, which we did at the original iPad Palooza. There'll be some, uh, shark teacher, shark tank things kind of happening where they can actually pitch at the end and win actual money. So the idea is, you know, you get out of this, what you put into it, learning is an active sport. That's kind of our mantra so uh, you can you know this isn't one of those conferences you kind of sit back and look at where to go to lunch i mean it you go and you, you have to be a part of it to really get anything out of it well if
3: it's anything like ipad palooza the teachers that i took down there from plano are still talking about it years later like they keep Good. asking you know but it, it's so true like it's what you put into it have you ever heard of a task party no what's that oh we'll have to talk later Okay. It's a it's, a, it's an a art
1: concept thing. that we could use?
3: Yes, <laughs> it is. It's pretty awesome. I'll send you some links. Okay. The Task Party it was developed by an artist I believe in
1: Sweden, but it's really okay. cool. Well, yeah. if it's in Sweden then by default, I mean... <laughs> right? I, yeah. That's where Silent Disco actually came from. So <laughs> yeah, there well, there you it, go. Uh, apparently. I totally
3: uh, see a Task Party fitting into your, your...
1: Okay. Yeah, I've got a list of 62 uh, different ideas that I've never heard of. Um, and uh, I'll be honest, half of them are probably awful, but Every year, I kind of just pick a few off the list of like, things I want to see and try and, uh, and use the event as kind of a venue to do that just to engage the adult learners because I oh, think yeah. it's different. There'll be kids there. There'll be some kids talking too and uh, speaking. Uh, they won't be eating peppers, but uh, Laura will. Um, <laughs> I, you, think, wow. I, hate, I hate that you said, said that out look loud look because now it's going to gonna happen. You're going to get nervous. No. Uh, so it'll be, we have a kid camp that runs along uh, kind of alongside it while the event's happening. So we'll use part of that camp to let teachers, one of the ideas we have this year is to have teachers learn about a tool and then go into a room with actually five or six kids and try it out on them. Yeah. Like kind of a test market um, just to see, because you know, a lot of times you learn something and then three months goes by and you forget what you learned. So yeah, trying to get that application part in. Love it. No, I think
3: that's awesome. Yeah, I, mean, I think we have a, a kid that will come with us this oh, year.
1: Probably. Hopefully. Oh, awesome, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, we'll have spots at the camp. I'll talk to you all about it, but especially presenters. And hopefully so you guys are either You guys applied, didn't you, to present?
3: So uh, we have not done it yet. No, we Do we not. still
1: have time? you got until February 9th, I think. Oh,
3: we're good. That's yeah, we we're none. definitely
2: going to apply to present.
1: Like, funny. It's, it's funny. on our
3: list. It's definitely um, a highlight of the year. So I mean, we're definitely
2: going to... It was so funny because, I mean, Laura went to it the year before I went. And when I, when I went there, we ended up going to the, the kids' film festival. And yeah. that was that blew me away. I love and that. Yeah. I actually took that idea back to back to yeah. my school and started a actually started a film club and they for for a year and had a whole bunch of kids that were able to submit things and I had like two films that made it to the the internet viewing like you know I think that was like the second phase of before it went to Austin, but um, they were
1: pretty excited about yeah, that. Yeah, just that cool. even
3: getting to that level, they made him so happy. Yeah. yeah.
1: But we got a career as a YouTuber. I mean, I, my my nephew, that's what he wants to be when he grows up. And I'm like, that's that's not a career. Well, it is a career now. It, it yeah.
2: is a career, but it, we'll see. And then that was the thing is I had to kind of clarify with kids. I'm like, this isn't just, you know, we're not making YouTube. I so we're learning a, a skill like, because filmmaking is a skill. And yeah. so learning about how to, why Tell camera story. angles work, how to, you know, went through the whole thing. And I said, you know, YouTube is just sitting up a camera just in front of you and nothing changes, nothing happens from that. But, you know, using this as a skill, using this as a as a craft to be able to make something. And so,
1: yeah. Tell story. Well, presenters, especially, uh, and you guys know this as being past presenters, we treat you guys like VIPs. We have our VIP green room. We have some after events, uh, like like a boat cruise that you guys may have taken a part in or not. We don't know. Maybe. The <laughs> country, so on the boat. But this year we're going to have, uh, we're bringing back our EdTech Poetry Slam, which will be the oh, night nice. of the well. 12th. And so we'll get 12 EdTech people from hopefully around the country and convince them to get up there and have nothing but a microphone in three minutes mm-hmm. and see how they do uh, at a really kind of a dank bar that's in Austin that hosts <laughs> it, it. It's actually a bar that hosts like national poetry slams. So uh, that was Lisa Johnson's idea a couple of years ago. And we did it at ISTE this last year. It was awesome. Steve Dembo won. So he's going to come back. I actually got him a big giant championship belt. It's a real authentic, like, <laughs> Wow. Belt. so he carried it around ISTE on his shoulder for a while, but he's bringing it back to Austin to defend it, to defend the crown that night on the 12th. And I said, yeah, if someone wins, they get the belt. I mean, it's, it comes with the prize. So um, that'll be a, it'll be fun. So y'all definitely come down. It's always a fun experience, um, but I especially like to have you guys present. So, yeah. We will I mean, like,
3: definitely put something out there. Nice we're one. working on a couple new concepts right now. So, you know, he always trying to try to keep it fresh and not not rehash the same old thing. So, um, we have a couple ideas we're working on. So, we'll definitely get some to you.
1: And that's what Dean Tresky uh, Dean loves. He comes a, a lot of years too. And he says the reason why he likes coming is because he wants to test out. I want to try something that no conference would ever allow. Like, mm-hmm. yes, stupidest, mm-hmm. stupidest things on your phone. Or he did one thing, like things you should delete off your phone. I forget what it was. He's like, I want to try this out. Is that okay? And I'm like, please, come try it out. I mean, this is <laughs> content. I mean, give me the idea. What's the pitch here? Like, what's yeah. the- what are they going to walk away with? And then they- inevitably, the guys like that, they'll turn it into something that's really positive um, for, the- for the end user. But um, we did one, Brianna Hodges, who just joined us this year at, at EAN. She and I did one called EdTech Lip sync Battle. And that's uh, was huge at ISTE, but we're going to do it at South by as well. And it's kind of a-, a play on the lip sync battles you see on TV, you know, but it's more EdTech tools we have the audience kind of do it using Flipgrid, And then we get up and, and the loser has to spin a wheel. Does this sound familiar? Just like the peppers, right? I like the wheels. I like the wheel spinning here, but the loser has to spin a wheel and then they have to lip sync a song of, of, that comes up at random. And oh the year goodness. we did it at ISTE. And of course I lost the first round and I get Miley Cyrus. Wrecking ball. Uh, yeah. Wrecking ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, had, and so I had to put. I put on a pink wig and a boa and a boa and, uh, oh, nice. and owned it. And it's on Twitter somewhere right now. If you look at his page, <laughs> there I am on a pink wig, singing wrecking ball to people in the audience. It was pretty embarrassing, but uh, we'll, that's those kind of things. Is what we want, we want those kind of. So if you have some new stuff you guys want to try out, please, yeah, put it in there. We'll we'll test it out. All right.
2: Well, we know that you have a very important football game to go watch, but <laughs> so we don't want to keep one it thing. <laughs> I, I think you know. Before we wrap it up, though, I mean, just out, you know, we talked about fear. We we talked about things yeah. take away and technology. And what's like one last bit of advice you could give someone who might be afraid to kind of start dabbling in that area because they're just not even sure where to
1: even where to even start. Well, I think one thing is uh, going back to the very first thing you guys mentioned, which is that glue that connects us. Right, look at people that you trust. Look at your people you've connected with and reach out to them because there's so many people that have tried things out there. Twitter is a big, you know, that's how we all kind of connected mm-hmm. um, Twitter is a big way to do that and look and see, like, Oh, that's a great idea and concept. Let other people kind of fail a little bit and re- and then do the refining. Um, I will also say that it depends on where you're at because honestly, sometimes leadership can be restrictive. Right. And um, one of my ending messages and my keynotes that I give is always, you know, teachers don't take, you know, students don't take risks. If students, if teachers don't take risks, but teachers don't take risks if leaders don't. And so, if there's leadership out there that's saying, you know, this is the way it's going to be lockstep, it's going to be really hard. So you have to get super creative uh, in terms of building in those tools. And I would start with something simple like a camera or like pulling in a device just to get some research off of it so the kids can do some, some of the projects that way really on the SAMR model, like that substitutive level to start um, just to kind of dip your toe in the water. And what a lot of teachers, especially the ones that are reticent or kind of anti-tech what they'll find is eventually it, it actually saves them some time and it'll up room for more creativity um, if they find those right tools, whether it be a formative assessment tool or even just a way to, again, capture and catalog and, and portfolio some work that the kids are doing. So, I mean, I think baby steps. And, and I would say I always tell teachers, don't try to do everything because you can do you can do anything, but you can't do everything right. Yep. So say that all the take time. one, take one thing and try to make it really good and then don't just stick with it for the rest of your life. I mean, then try something else and add that to your repertoire. And that could be a semester, a year. Just one or two things every year, I think that's that's a huge win. Um, if you go to a conference, pick one or two things that you picked up on, they're like, well, wow, this is one thing I'm going to try um, and just do that and do that one thing. And then I would also say be open about it and then say I'm going to try this and maybe blog about it if you're really feeling mm-hmm. brave. And this is what worked well. This is what worked didn't work well. But we love to see that in the community because that's how we all get better, I think, mm-hmm. as educators. So um, start small, try one or two things, and, and go out there and, and fail fail forward.
3: Yeah. Collaborate. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: Yes. Oh man. Awesome. Well as always we love you. You're the best. And we continue to learn from Thank you. <laughs> We're excited to see you this summer. And uh and mm-hmm. yeah. There's a there's a small hope to get to South by Southwest, but it's always hard, you know, since yeah. we travel as a as a pair with the kids situation. So we'll, we'll figure yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. And as a pack. As a pack, yeah. Team Grunler. <laughs> so but uh, Grunler. Super excited and um really excited to hear all about Learn Fest and yeah, yeah. good things are coming. So awesome.
1: happy 20 days. Well, Yay, thank you all for letting me be on the podcast and also thank you for letting me host the chat in December and uh look forward to this year and seeing you guys soon down here in Austin. We Up here in, in Austin. Austin. Down here in Austin. Yeah. Down there. <laughs> down there in Austin. I don't know. Also, <laughs> Somewhere in yeah. Austin.
3: Somewhere Sounds. in Austin. <laughs> Sounds like a movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: For a film festival and yeah. a festival closing. Yeah. Yep. All right. closing. <laughs> right. Thanks, Thanks Carl. All right. Thank you all.
0: Bye. Bye. Heads up, 7-Up friends. If you've been enjoying these episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Creatively Connected Classroom podcast. You'll get a notification every time we release a new episode each and every week. And take a screenshot and put it on your favorite social media, Twitter, Insta, Facebook, you name it tag Education Closet and K12 Art Chat so we can reach out and say thanks. And if you really love us with all the feels, give us a review and or a rating over on iTunes. It helps others find the show and connect with our incredible community. Thanks for all your support.